everybody! Hi, friends! Will from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast! I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, Thanksgiving's behind us. Yes. But it's time to gear up for the Christmas holiday season. I mean, if you haven't been geared up already because... It's been in your stores for a month and a half. Oh, God. Or whatever. If, you, if you're unfortunate unfortunate enough to live in these United States, then yeah. it's, it's been everywhere already. But we're doing it's, our... Yeah. It's, right, it's, it's kicking into high gear now. Yeah. And so we're doing a survival guide. Yeah. We're, How do you get through this? We're going to... We, we have some advice to, uh, to survive. <laughs> you should always heed... Our advice. Our advice is... It's the best advice. Uh, it, it's never requested and <laughs> always ignored. Uh, but we're going to give it anyway. Yeah. So, there, hey, look at us. We're, we're in the same room. We're it's, both relatively healthy. We're, we, uh, yeah. I've got some lingering sniffles. Hopefully you, nobody at home picks up on it. But we're, uh, but we are definitely, uh, we, we're, we're running on almost, we're cooking with gas <laughs> at this point. We're doing a so, show. The show might be about ninety five percent. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm judging. Basically, you have to give a if if any of our jokes don't land or whatever, you have to give us a pass. <laughs> uh, <I'm, coughs> we need I'm a mulligan. Sick. All right, all right. Well, all right, Dan. Yeah, I would like you to take a guess on this one. <laughs> oh, okay. This story is coming to us from the Redemption United Methodist Church in mm. Oklahoma City. Okay. Uh, it sounds like it's a, a large place. It's, it, I don't know if it's like arena style, but it's a, it sounds like it's a big church, a mega church. I don't know about mega. Okay. But it's a, it's a, um, I, I, again, I can't speak to it. I was going to look it up. I forgot to, it's, it's a killer church, but they, the article refers to it as a famous church, oh, which okay. I've never heard of it before. So, all right. Very famous. Yeah, exactly. Um, but a woman was kicked out of the building okay for bringing in some herb <laughs> would you like to guess what herb <laughs> she brought in and which herb they thought it was uh, okay <laughs> well i feel like i feel like i now can i i feel like you've given me enough given to tell enough. to uh-huh. to know which herb they thought it mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. Which has got to be weed. Oh, yeah. They thought it was... They uh, thought it was weed. Marijuana. But instead... <laughs> it's just something like a oregano. It was... Cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> that she'd purchased for her menudo. Oh. And she was... She just was stopping at the church on the way home. Oh. And she had it in her bag. And, she, <laughs> and somebody saw it and mistook cilantro uh-huh for marijuana it's very very similar uh in appearance <laughs> so similar and she's like and it, the whole thing's captured on video and it, apparently it's it's making its rounds on tiktok oh. um but in the video let's see the caption of the video says they didn't even let me explain they automatically just accused me and so in the video, it shows her saying, smell it. I promise you. <laughs> but they wouldn't know. They, well, first of all, they don't know what marijuana smells like. And second of all, they don't cilantro is a little too exotic. Yeah. For these people. Wait, was this a brown skinned woman? <laughs> um, 
Her uh, name, it could be possible, um, but she's going home to I eat mean, menudo. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, so that's it. I mean, you get a brown which person. Is like a, it's a soup, everybody. Yeah. You, you get, you get a brown, is. brown person coming mm-hmm. in to church with a, with a bag full of, 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 of green. <laughs> I so, get, you know what I'll give them credit for? What's that? Uh, those church people that kicked her out. Mm-hmm. They are genuinely not weed smokers. <laughs> no hypocrisy. No hypocrisy on that one point. Uh, they're dicks. <laughs> yeah. They're assholes. Oh, God. The worst. Right? But any weed smoker would look at that and instantly go, oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, the police were involved into the situation. <laughs> uh, they uh, did not press charges oh, against the woman. That's nice. Um, and uh, the church has uh, issued a statement. I don't think it was apologizing, but <laughs> clarifying. Uh, and they, they're allowing her to attend prayers next week. Oh, how generous. So, uh, the whole thing's been sorted out. Thank goodness. For- Meanwhile, the, the full <laughs> third of the rest of the congregation that actually smokes weed is just like looking around Terrified. like, okay. <laughs> okay. Don't bring it. Just uh, maybe don't even, but you can smell like it. Right. Cause yeah, they don't know. Yeah. They're going to be fine. <laughs> And frankly, I mean, weed isn't even made out of leaves anymore. Like, we grew up in the era when you smoked leaves of marijuana. They don't even do that anymore. Now it's Mm -mm. all the buds. So, like, they're they're not just telling, yeah. (laughs) Tell them it's anything. It doesn't look like cilantro. That's for fucking sure. (laughs) The slightest. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a, since since you were in uh, the South Mm -hmm. there, is is Oklahoma considered the South? It's a weird. It's a sort of nether area. Yeah, it's like, like the the. It depends on where you're at, but it's Oklahoma lacks it's a a, a a region. Yeah, because some parts are like Texas, some parts are like the South, some parts like are Midwest-y. like the Midwest. It's it's yeah, it's, it's the weird. South Midwest. Yeah, it's an what odd it place. Anywho, I'm going to talk mostly about the South. Mm. Uh, a report came out from the from Columbia Law School's Law, Rights, and Religion Project, Mm -hmm. talking about hospitals in the South. Now, what they're looking at with this was abortion. Mm. Um, And specific, like, here's the thing. We all know that, like, in the South, there's a big campaign to try and stop abortion and blah, blah, blah. Regardless of whether it is just medically necessary Mm. or not, Mm -hmm. Uh, they they don't care. So this report decided to look at uh, what hospitals were doing because Mm. there there are a lot of religious hospitals in the South. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of Catholic hospitals everywhere, but there are also a lot of uh, Protestant affiliated hospitals in the South. Um, And actually, there there were a lot of formerly Protestant affiliated hospitals that are no longer that still have the name St. Whatever Hospital but are no longer affiliated. Oh, okay. They looked at all of the hospitals, secular, non-secular, whatever, right. to just see what how abortion is handled there. Okay. It is not a good picture. Oh. Even the secular hospitals are often not doing great at all. I mean, it's a big report. It's 77 pages. Um, but they had four main takeaways that I wanted to get to. The first one is that um, there are strict limits on abortion care mm-hmm. um, throughout the South. 
Okay. Um, Baptist hospitals, other Protestant affiliated hospitals. The, even when they they allow abortion in theory, mm-hmm. uh, uh, when it's necessary to save the life of the patient, it can be incredibly difficult to get the the treatment that oh they God. need, uh, including yeah, and you know when it's when it's not a hundred percent clear that it's that the person that the that the pregnant person will die, that then it becomes this big thing. <laughs> So just weighing the odds. Uh, yeah. The second thing is that um, while Protestant hospitals are typically no longer owned by religious institutions, uh, they are not religious in name only. Uh, what they found was they have retained connections mm. to these uh, to to these religions, and often the religions are able to put people on the boards. Oh, uh, wow. and they were, and so yeah. they exert. More control than they should have, right? Uh, right. Over. Okay. Huh. Uh, so yeah. that's another thing. Uh, apparently, a lot have a lot of abortion bans have also just been instated uh, at public hospitals due to like things like legal prohibitions um, or boards and administrators that are just anti-choice. Oh my God. So, or, or sometimes they're just afraid of losing public or private funding. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the wealthy donors down in the oh, South good Lord. are, you know, people like the, the, the hobby lobby assholes yeah. or whatever. And so they're going to try and exert their, uh, their How dickhead. Awful. And again, we are talking a lot of the time about medically indicated. Yes. We're not even talking about just you know, a, a, an elective abortion, right. which obviously should be totally within the purview of all of these buildings. But they, but a lot of these pl- hospitals, there are stories about them sending women away, sending pregnant people away oh my God. to other facilities because, you know, and they have, they have panels that will vote on whether or not uh, the, the facility will do an abortion based oh, on, okay. based on, I thought it was like a death panel thing. Right? Well, that's probably how they, that's probably how they see it. And often, you know, there are religious people on that panel. There are like priests or pastors on that panel to decide whether their facility will do it. And then if they send the person away, they'll send them to another facility that will perform the abortion. But often without the proper paperwork, without a lot of the, like they, they, what the hell? Because they're just, they're just being judgy. They're just trying to make life harder for women. For oh, sorry, yeah, 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 for yeah. pregnant people, I'm trying, you guys. I'm trying. Um, and then the fourth takeaway is that yeah, these these committees um, that that often make these decisions. Wow. They, I mean, it's boy. I'm not hopeful that we can avoid um, the worst possible outcome with the Supreme Court. No, no, the court is. I think I think Roe v. Wade is going down. Yeah, and and the. Uh, Planned Parenthood versus whatever that's yeah. that's actually the more recent yeah thing than Roe. But um but abortion providers need to figure out like the 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 river boat, you know, loophole. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. like they're gonna have to like get clever and well, like, I well mean, we're on we're on the Mississippi, you know. Yeah, exactly. And and some other dumb way of, you know, like I don't know, could the could the tribes like, <laughs> interesting in? i mean i don't know what the what their 
internal politics would be yeah. around the topic. But like, welcome to could, our well, welcome to our <laughs> casino slash abortion clinic. <laughs> if I mean, they're the, the, like you know, if not, abortion tourism is going to be a huge thing. Oh it's sick. It's disgusting. We shouldn't be. It's true. Laughing about it, but yeah, they they've they've done a very good job of. Of sh- uh, shutting down abortion. Oh, of making sure that people can't get the health care that yeah. they need. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I'm going to go to another hospital story, Dan. Oh, hooray. This time in India. Oh. Um, where... why, did, why did I just get nervous? You said a hospital in India and I got nervous. I don't know that you should be. You're not. No need to be nervous about the hospital, I don't think. Yeah, no. What's ner- what, what should make you nervous is what happens when a local priest by the name of Lek Singh, uh, what happens when he breaks the idol uh, that he was giving a bath, right? <laughs> um, he, so, so he was doing his morning prayers and giving a bath to the idol oh, no. um, of the Lord Krishna. Okay. Okay. Sri Krishna. Yeah. Well, he dropped it. And uh, slipped right out of his hands. Sure. And it broke its arm. Oh, my God. And so what, where, where, where would you fix, where would you go to have the arm of an idol, a little statue, <laughs> fixed? <laughs> well, of course, you run to the local hospital. Right, of course. Because his, the, his God's arm is broken. Oh, my God. He believes the God inhabits this idol, apparently. The, the, this inanimate and, object. Uh, <laughs> and so he's causing such a scene, and he's so hysterical about it, because he has broken, broken his a God. God. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> frankly, if your God can get genuinely damaged by you going, oops, Butterfingers. <laughs> I feel not, like not that's, very impressive. that's not an impressive God. <laughs> that God's got to toughen up some. Uh, well, this is according to Dr. Ashik Kumar Agrawal. Uh, he's the chief medical superintendent at the district hospital <laughs> where uh, this guy rushed his, his, uh, his idol off to. Uh, he said that uh, he was informed by the hospital that a priest had come with an idol with a broken arm and was crying to get it treated. Uh, he said, <laughs> uh, considering the priest's sentiments, they made a registration in the name of Sri Krishna. Oh my so they God. Registered, they registered. They, <laughs> this all this, feels like, like, uh, wait, uh, was this priest seven? <laughs> No, because this feels like a kid. Like, I don't know. It feels age, like but he's been at this temple for 30 years. According it to the feels article. like the kind of thing where like some little kid has broken their favorite toy, who <laughs> is also their imaginary friend. Yeah. And is just un- inconsolable. And so the parents take him to the, the hospital and the hospital does the cute thing of like, oh, OK, we'll just we'll, we'll tend right to it. Little one we will bandage him up. And they sure did. And there's the photo oh. of the doctor working on the idol. <laughs> That's when you <laughs> call in the janitor and you're like, Dr. Joe, can you come and fix this for us, please? Can you fucking believe it? Oh. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, I get that they were just like they in in a way, they were tending to his mental yes, health. Right? Yes, they were. They, <laughs> I don't know that they should have taken such steps. It feels but, um, it feels like it's like yes, we will help you with. We're we're gonna 
we're going to take good care of little Krishna. Uh, in the meantime, do you want to come and talk to Dr. So-and-so? Because you, you might need some n- mental help. Yeah. No kidding. Anyway. Amazing. Uh, speaking of mental help, I need mental help after this story. Oh, so boy. Okay. Brace yourselves. Uh, this, there was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor uh, in New York, uh, in the Bronx, who recently got into a bit of trouble. He started his uh, his preaching with some New Testament. Uh, so you know that Apostle Paul. Mm. Yeah, he, he didn't always. He, I I'm gonna just say it. He didn't always agree with that Jesus fella. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 had a lot of interesting stuff to say. But one okay. of the things that he said was uh, in 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 his letter to the Ephesians. He said, wives, submit to your own husbands as the Lord. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard this before. <clears throat> oh, sure. Sure. It's a very important, it's, it's a very important thing. But uh, Pastor Burnett Robinson uh, decided to take that to the extreme. Oh. This, this, this is such a, an important uh, lesson that oh, he decided that, that, he, that the women needed to know. He, he said, quote, in this manner of submission, I want you to know up front, ladies, that once you get married, you are no longer your own. You are your husband's. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, God. I emphasize that because I saw in court the other day on TV where a lady sued her husband for rape. And I would say to you, gentlemen, the best person to rape is your wife. Whoa. Oh, well, no. He says, but then it has become legalized. Now, to be clear, it is not legal to rape your wife. No. Uh, it is never legal to have sex with a person against their will. That's never, never an okay thing. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, and, and even if it happened to be legal, uh, it's still not okay. It's wrong. It's, yeah. It is, it, like, if literally, if your religion has clouded your judgment so far, that you that you believe that that could possibly be an ethical or moral thing to say mm. to a group of humans. Jesus Christ! Um, fortunately, there was uproar about this, yeah. uh, and uh, he ain't pastoring no more. Oh, really? Yeah, he has been depasteurized. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a uh, huh. that's a that's a hell of a thing to say. He uh, he supported it scripturally, though, so I guess there's nothing you can do about it. Can you go wrong? How can you go wrong? Just use the scriptures. It's the good book, everybody. (laughs) God. How wretched. All right. Well, from time to time, Dan, uh, some some numbers come out about religion and and whatnot. We always like to talk about them. Absolutely. Uh, Trends affecting those groups. You know, are they they growing? Are they shrinking? Who's in? Who's out? Who's hot this season? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, some interesting numbers just came out uh, from... Uh, this was part of the cooperative election study okay, uh, and some analysis that was done by a sociologist of, of those numbers about what's going on with the Mormons. Oh, and the spe- Mormons, our very own Mormons. Our Mormons. Uh, and specifically they're how strongly they're sort of feeling their re- religiosity. Okay. Right. How religious are the Mormons these days? Traditionally, the answer is very. Yeah. 
Traditionally, the answer, like Mormons are not half-assers. Yeah. We're not talking about Catholics or, you know, there's no Easter <laughs> Christmas Mormons. Yeah. So these numbers, uh, we have one set of numbers coming from 2008, uh -huh. uh, where three quarters of U.S. Mormons uh, said that religion was, quote, very important to them. 75%. 75%. Okay. But by 2020... Uh, that had declined to just under 62%. Wow. So a pretty significant drop. Yeah. Now, one of the things, and, and, and the thing about the Mormons is they tend to track more religious than the rest of the country. Right. Right. Uh, and more sort of devoutly like yeah. tied to their thing. They, they have really good systems in place to keep everybody just, uh, just cranking along weekly yeah. attendance, uh, is, is the, is the rule, not the exception. Yeah. Uh, it's they're intense. And so this, this is following trend lines that you would see in other denominations yeah. in the United States. Uh, but, uh, the numbers are still a little bit, you know, sort of higher, I guess, sure. for Mormons and their sense of religiosity. Um, but Here's, here's one interesting thing is that the, if you combine the, those who say very important and those who say somewhat important, um, their numbers are still like in the nineties uh -huh. as far as right. 90 percentage. That makes, that feels right. Um, that, or they were as of 2008, those slipped slightly oh, okay. by 2020 to like 89%. Oh, so uh, so that was like 93% to 89%. So it slipped a little, but what they're saying is, well, they still feel, uh, that it's an important thing yeah. in their lives, um, in large numbers. And mind you, these are all people who self-identify as still as Mormon. Yes, that's correct. Because it's really an all in or all out sort of religion. Absolutely. The, the second you realize it's bullshit, you're like, oh, well, fuck that. I'm never going back. Right. So like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, that those numbers are high and high makes sense to me. Yeah. And so they, they, as part of the study, they decided to look at if there were any generational differences. Mm. And this is actually really interesting because I think our general sense of the, the, how religion is going in America and in a lot of places in the world is that this next generation is less religious than the older folks. Mm. Right. And uh, it turns out that's not the case. All age groups of Mormons are seeing the same decline in rel religiosity. Interesting. So it's also kind of breaking for the older people a little bit too, which Good. is really like, I mean, that's really hopeful because that really says there's something that's not right yeah. the, um, amongst the, the Mormon population yeah. and, the, and their relationship to the, the their perception of the church. And, yeah. And everything. I mean, we've we've been seeing this, yeah. we've been, and and so there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things yeah. happening. One interesting thing, and I don't know if we picked up on this okay. when it didn't happen okay. at the April General Conference, but typically the church releases uh, global membership numbers mm -hmm. at general conference, and then like a week or two later, they'll release something to the media um, about sort of country breakdowns and, oh, and sure. whatnot, right? This last time in April, they did not. Well, they did. They did release their global number, which uh -huh. showed a slight increase. But <laughs> a week or so later, when the numbers would normally come out, they didn't. Yeah. For the country by country breakdown. 
And then um, this is actually a Jana Reese article. She says that she requested that information in April and was told that the numbers would be forthcoming. And uh, she says, though, that they have not appeared for seven months. They have no way to spin it well. And so because because all that's happening is they're gaining members in third world countries mm-hmm. where they're where their missionaries are going out and just baptizing away and they're losing and ground the, and they're hemorrhaging in the United States and and in Europe yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah exactly um and so i mean that that i might have actually buried the lead a little bit <laughs> no, no. with that because i mean that is um you know if you look at their their numbers their growth numbers over the last decade in the United States, they like in 2012, they had a 2.9%, you know, growth rate mm. in the United States. And that includes births into, you know, into the church. <laughs> um, but by 2016, it was less than 1%. By 2018, it was 0.6%. Okay. Which it stayed there in 2019 as well, which is the last country by country growth numbers that we have. Right. From the church, and it will, and it, it it will it will take a big dip for 2020 because 2020 was what and it they, was. I feel like they could just simply say that, but they've they have invested so much of their um, their sense of self as a community in the fact that they grow, grow, grow. We're the even, fastest growing religion yeah, in the world, which whatever, which isn't not. true, no. and it probably wasn't even true when they first were saying that. Right, and then on top of it, like, I'm sorry, like. You know, you're you, you're 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 starting to shrink a little. You're bit. maxing so out. What does that end up meaning for the population of the church that has rested so much of their their like sort of pride about the church is that it, is that it's always progressing, it's always moving yeah. forward, and now we pretty easy to guess ain't moving forward anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've joined like the rest of American Christian denominations. There you go. Sliding. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to talk, speaking of interesting Christian denominations, I want you to imagine, if you will, you're a middle America Christian, a good mm-hmm. a good Christian person, and you get an email uh, from, from a ministry, a, a relatively famous, a big old ministry, uh, urging you to sow your seed. That is, that's prosperity gospel talk. Oh, my God. Um, by giving them money. Uh, this is, this is the... The Kuhn, Todd Kuntz ministry saying, hey, you know, asking for donations of 100, 500, and even a thousand dollar, quote, millionaire receiver's seed. And <laughs> oh the, what, what, the seed nonsense is just this bullshit promise that if you give money to our ministry, God will bless Lord, you and well, you'll, you'll yeah. get a tenfold back or whatever bullshit. Yeah. And then they don't bother to notice that they didn't actually that that didn't happen for them. Right. But they keep giving their money away anyway. What's infuri- what's That's a great scam. Adding uh to what what's it, like, you know, it's an infuriating enough scam as it is. Mm-hmm. But people, you know, astute listeners might recognize the name Todd Coons. Uh we I think we talked about him years ago because he was he was uh, found guilty of fraud, of tax fraud. Oh, he literally like he, he basically he wrote everything off as though it were part of the ministry. So his house, his cars, his uh, you know his boat, oh wow, food, clothes, all of that sort of stuff, just oh, wrote it yeah. all off. 
The Lord needs a good speedboat, Dan. The Lord, the yeah, exactly. Right. The Lord wow. needs me uh, luxuriating on my yeah. boat. Yeah. Uh, so that was like back, basically um, back in 2017. He he was charged. He was found guilty in 2019. But there were, you know, there was a whole appeals process, blah, blah, blah. He's been out this whole time, basically. He spent one day in jail and has been out ever since. Well, he the appeals are done. He is in prison now. Oh. Great. Yeah. But those emails haven't stopped. His ministry <laughs> is still. Shut up. And do they mention uh, their pastor being in prison? They do not. They should. They <laughs> they should be like, look at what's happened. Like, you know. Yeah, if they knew how to play it, they they, yeah. they you, you got to go. But on for that, you have to go fund. full conspiracy theory and be like, they're persecuting the, us. The American and... government's out to get me, and they, they you know they're doing all this stuff. Why is that such a hard stretch? That seems like this, this seems like the next step for them. Well, to take. maybe maybe you only do that one once you get once people realize. Once you see, once you start to see the dip in in the donations, <laughs> that is what's it, it is crazy that they're sending out this these emails <laughs> while he's sitting in prison. Make sure you keep donating. We uh, you, the blessings will flow to you. Oh, wow. uh, regardless, so apparently he'll have a nice nest egg when he gets out. That's great. Good, Good. for him. Because people are he can go like uh, commit more tax fraud. Yeah, exactly. In exactly. Five years or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, at very least, he. Uh, How long was he locked up for? Did it say? Uh, I think I think it's five years. Oh, really? Yeah, he right. he he actually got a real sentence yeah. there. All right. So there you go. Hey, listen, uh, if you would like, if you've committed tax fraud and still want to make money, write into us about it. Podcast of thankgodimatheist.com. or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Stick around, we've got emails and voicemail coming up. Well, Frank. Dan. uh, I haven't played this audio for you yet. Um, This guy has been making, he has been running his mouth. Uh, He is a pastor. But he's not just a pastor. He also happens to be the lieutenant governor of North Carolina. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. We know this guy. Uh, and he... He's a peach. He's a... He's a well, he's shaped like a peach. He's a very <laughs> round man. Uh, but he has a lot to say. Um, if, if, if you're triggered by anti-LGBT stuff, just be warned here. Uh, mm. And let's just hear what funny he has to say about gay folk but i can't stand to turn that tv on and i don't want my grandkids watching that television because i don't want to have to explain to my grandkids why two men are kissing and i don't care what anybody thinks that get mad at me if you want to you know child got no business seeing no two men kiss if they did god would have made it that way he didn't Everything that God made serves a purpose. I don't care how ugly it is. Let's get a little ugly. 
I want you to think about what the cows leave behind. It don't get no uglier than that. But you think about what can be done with what the cow leaves behind. Why is the grass in that cow pasture so green? Why is it so lush? Could it be that ugly stuff the cow left behind? See, God created that. He made that for a purpose. Everything that God made from the foul odor of what the cow left behind to the decaying body of every living creature to the maggots that eat those dead bodies to the flies that fly around what the cow left God made all those things for a purpose will somebody please explain to me the purpose of homosexuality let's get down to brass tacks what is the purpose of homosexuality what does it create uh <laughs> good tv Re- <laughs> good, good i mean books, great good hair art fashion fashion uh, pretty much everything that's interesting yeah uh but you know go ahead go ahead and say wow frank you are less godly than the maggots in cow poo uh, I mean, it hurts. It, what, what are you gonna do? I, I you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, he's that's that's uh, that's an insane it's, perspective. It's, it's I, I, it, it's hard to even like know where to like go with it. Yeah, because it's so like for him to not even be able to acknowledge the humanity, right? In the members of the lgbtq community right like that's it's he's literally like erased erased his own sense of like you being created by god right that's how far he has to go to make that stand up yeah right because otherwise like what what do humans like you you have to create a baby is what i guess he's getting at yeah and he did go he does go on to, to say you know here's a straight couple here's a gay couple after a year, they get married. After a year, straight couple has a baby. What? There's three people over here. Only two people over here. There's plenty of reasons <laughs> why straight couples. I mean, I don't even have to point this out. Yeah, don't have kids. Right. Right. Well, like, and there's, there's plenty of reasons to believe issues. that. There's deciding not to. And guess like, what? Having a kid. So what? Yeah. What did you just do? What? Okay. Great. It doesn't make you. And he uses the word superior. Well, he's a charmer. Yeah, he's a he's a it's peach. Always, that one always nice to hear what certain just, parts of this world have to just say. Just so sweet and so nice. About your own, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Jesus's message was hate the right people. Right? That was oh, no, that yeah. was that I remember was that the crux of of yeah. what he had to say. Totally. Well, we had some folks write into us uh, and call into us, mm-hmm. so that's fun. Um, Carl, we had a couple people write in. Uh, last week we talked, one of the stories that we did was about uh, Roman Catholics in Italy leaving the church, mm. getting de-baptized. It de-baptized. Was how, it was I love that. They put it. Do they like dry your forehead? Yeah. Is that that's, how they? That's what they do. 
They, they, uh, How do you de baptize? It's backwards. Anyway, uh, we had a, f- a couple people write into us about it. Uh, mm. Carl wrote in to say just a couple things regarding uh, Italian Roman Italian Roman Catholics leaving the church. The quote "count me out" movement uh, began in Ireland in the early to mid two thousands. Mm. Growing numbers of especially young Irish people had become disaffected by the actions of the Roman Catholic Church in covering up child sex abuse Mm -hmm. and the emerging evidence of abuse carried out in the Magdalene mother and baby homes, which existed across Ireland. Mm. Why would they be mad about that? Mm -hmm. Everybody's so picky now. Sensitive. Right? (laughs) Snowflakes. (laughs) Uh, as the ca- as the campaign grew, the church didn't know what to do and were alarmed by it. So that so to squelch the campaign, they announced that there was no por- that no formal process was available to renounce your membership slash baptism. Oh, Jesus in uh, of the Roman Catholic Church. Good Lord. Uh, Carl goes on to say that uh, that he renounced his baptism in the early nineties and got a letter uh, back that just said that they had received. His letter. Yeah. Okay. But that was it. Oh, just received. Received. We acknowledge you sent this to us. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Uh, we also had uh, an interest. This is from M, who wrote in to say, uh, I don't know what that group in Italy is doing to get debaptized, but they could probably get excommunicated. Oh, yeah. Okay. A couple of years ago, M says, I went, ab- I went about formally separating myself from the Catholic Church and found that. An ordinary person can get a basic kind of excommunication that such a person is, in fact, almost entitled to such an excommunication or, uh, from the church's perspective, is essentially required to be excommunicated for certain crimes. Oh. I looked up the precise crimes, and almost all of which I'd committed. Nice. Having found uh, where it was written in the canon and wrote a letter to the archdiocese in which I was baptized. Huh. I'm happy to report that some weeks later I received an official letter uh, and a rather fancy page informing me that I'd been excommunicated. Mission accomplished. I don't like that as much because it's like you're letting them say that they're severing. I agree. Yeah. But do what what works for you. It is kind of fun to be excommunicated. Like there's something kind of funny about that. If, If you're up for it, a lot of people still have like a lot of people when they're leaving their church still have emotional ties to it. Yeah. And so it's hard. It hurts to, mm. to think of being excommunicated. Yeah. I don't know what the laws are anywhere, but here, I believe that here in the United States, you can just send a, a letter that says, I, uh, you know, we have freedom of association. Mm-hmm. So you can say, I'm resigning from your church. Mm-hmm. I expect you to take me off of your roles. And uh, yeah. this is my official legal yeah. uh, resignation. Well, and I mean, I, I don't know everything you guys got into with that that story last week. I, sorry, I didn't listen. Oh, my um, God. But Frank. it's the, beyond sort of the satisfying part of it. Wouldn't there be something like in the doctrine of like, if you're being unbaptized, you are now like, you, you, you're, you're just like carte blanche, right? Like you're just completely like at zero in sort of the eyes of God as far as like, but if you're excommunicated, isn't it more like sort of a path toward maybe coming coming back to the church? Yeah, I, I you like, know, there's something I, weird about like the emails that I read were longer than that, and they yeah. they were excerpted. So so yeah, I mean, I, at least one of them talked about how 
yeah, in the eyes of the church, if they wanted to come back, they could, you know, yeah, I, I think M who was excommunicated yeah. said if they just repented, they could, yeah. they could, they could come back and be reinstated without even another baptism or whatever. Right. Whereas if you're unbaptized, so there's something sort of more satisfying theologically about right? being fully about being unbaptized. Yeah. Like you were never, I, se- I sever right. this yeah. and, uh, and, and, and I want it to be permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. anyway, there you go. Uh, we have a voicemail, do we not? We do. Yeah. Um, and our apologies, like with all the, the, the pestilence the, the, <laughs> with the disease, we, we didn't really get around to some of this. Um, and so this, this one's a few weeks old, uh, and is referencing the, the episode that, uh, Kate and I hosted uh-huh. a few weeks ago, some four, four, yeah. three, four or five weeks ago, whatever yeah. that was. Um, but we uh, talked in the second half of the show about sort of this, this question of would you get rid of religion if you could? Right? Yeah. And so uh, here's this uh, listener's take on that. Uh, this is John in St. Louis. Just calling to say, I just heard a discussion of getting rid of religion in the U.S. And I suggest that the way to do it is simply to take away all of the tax benefits of religious organizations, which will get rid of most of the fraudsters and probably won't affect uh, the serious people adversely i hope thank you oh what a beautiful world we we would have <laughs> i mean good luck with that yeah but, um their cherished tax exempt status yeah but it is an interesting little thought experiment right you take away the tax exempt status and the fraudsters it, it's, it, it, it's 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 less appealing it's less appealing to it's them. it's less appealing i yeah. mean places like uh the mormon church will do just fine yeah they've got their billions if they have to pay taxes they won't like it no they they definitely won't like it but they'll be they'll be they'll be just fine mm. and then and, and if they had to pay taxes guess what everybody gets education all of a sudden <laughs> If Mormon, if the Mormon Church had to pay taxes, suddenly uh, universal health care would not be that hard to get, <laughs> because their taxes alone would their taxes it. alone would do something. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Indeed. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for that. Uh, do we have some folks to thank? We. It's been a minute. It has been, Since, uh, and we do. Okay, Dan. that's good. We have three new patrons on Patreon. Okay. Uh, we have a new teacher. Uh, by the name of Roger. Okay, thank you, thank Roger. Thank you, Roger. Two new priests by the name of Austin and Glynis. Oh, wonderful. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it is, this, these are people who appreciate what we do here. Uh, we are they know quality when they hear it. Listen, it's a free show. You listen, it's free. We don't do ads. Yeah, uh, we're we just, we're just putting it out there into the world. Uh, but for those who who really appreciate it, uh, we really appreciate when you, if you can, uh, slide a little a little coin our way. So uh, you can do so by going to thankgodatheist.com, click on the support tab. It gives you all the ways to do it. Uh, just just give us your money. I don't yeah. I don't see why that's so hard. Yeah. And uh, and then we'll appreciate you on the air and off. 
There Absolutely. Are, and you know what? If you do it on Patreon, there are there are things that you can get. You, you not only do you get the priesthood, which obviously <laughs> is amazing. Uh, you will have magic powers, but mm. also there's the Frank and Dan diary. That's, that's true. There's more content. Delight. Every week you get mm. more content from us, uh, and all you have to do is give us your money. Yeah. Uh, and there's one more person we have to thank. We do, Dan. This is our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Demonium. Thanks, guys. More show coming up. Well, Frank. Damn. The bells are jingling. Oh, and ring ting tingling. That, that too. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it is, uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, they say. No. I just love Christmas so much. Nobody ever believes me when I say this. Doesn't matter how excited I'm acting. It's, Nobody believes me. It's because you don't I get love it. Christmas. It's it's because your enthusiasm always just reads as sarcasm. There's just no way. No. It's probably true. It is true. Did you just like tell me something about myself? I just revealed something for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so impressive, Dan. Kids, uh, here's the thing. I am not one who loves Christmas time very much. I don't like the darkness, Mm -hmm. uh, which which is the season that we're heading into. It's the darkest time of the year. You can't blame the the, the, the tilt of the The axial tilt tilt of the... No, no. there are people who get sunny Christmas. That's right. That's right. All yeah. of you, all of you, uh, Oceania listeners mm-hmm. are, are very lucky in that respect. But, but I will say, but I'm, I'm just saying that contributes to me mm-hmm. not liking oh, the, the season. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's like, yeah, you got fucking, you're assaulted by Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you can't go into a store. You can't, you can't like, you can't avoid in, at least here in the United States, mm-hmm. but everywhere, everywhere. You can't avoid Christmas. Uh, and for those of us for whom it is not a, uh, a religious holiday, right? that can be fucking annoying. It's just the background noise of the season. Yeah. You can just look. Can't you just look past it? Well, here's the like, thing. I can. <laughs> uh, and I think, that, I think that where we're going with this, first of all, I want to delineate some of the annoyances. Okay, let's hear them. Um, I want to talk about, you know, we talked about going into stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, like, you know, I go into a hardware store. I'm looking for toilet parts. Right. I do not expect to see like every Christmas thing I can imagine for mm-hmm. sale. But there it is. Yeah. Fake trees, inflatable Santas, the works. Does that annoy you? Yeah, it does. Huh? I just find it. I just I, it's just like, why? Why is it there? Why why is Lowe's yeah. getting involved in Christmas? You are you are you sell tools. Yeah, there's so many good reasons for Lowe's to be involved. It's like, well, it's just all of those inflatables. It's just a money grab. Yeah. It is a totally. straight up money grab. Uh and but, and that's what commerce is. I get it. it. It's just but for me, it's not okay. So all of a sudden now there's all these like trees with twinkling lights on it and, and all that kind of stuff. Whatever. For me, the annoyance is the crowd. Oh, as somebody who doesn't generally like people, yeah. And then for there to be a lot of them, oh yeah, right. Like it's just all the places that you normally go just to get the things that you need, yeah, are suddenly overrun. 
Yeah. Yeah. God help you if you try to go to a Costco on a Saturday. Here's something I do like. Okay. That shows up around the holidays. Okay. Uh, tins of Danish cookies. <laughs> sure. I like those. I stock up. I wait until after Christmas. Okay. They go on deep discount. There you go. And I have walked out with like 10 or 12. <laughs> I believe you. They're so good. I believe you. They, I mean, there. look, there are good things about it. Uh, the other thing is uh, Christmas music. It, <laughs> it's the best music. Oh, my God. Especially <laughs> if, if, if the store you're in feels compelled to play more recent Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Like, if you give me some of that, <coughs> all of the good music was composed in the mid-20th century mm-hmm. by Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the best Christmas was done then. You got yeah. your Gershwins, you got your mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Great. I'm all about it. It's got jazzy, a jazzy feel. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's a, but if I have to hear Mariah Carey. That song's amazing. Oh Are you kidding God, me? I just want It's it. like a perfect song. I want to die. The one that kills me is Paul McCartney. Oh, it's so bad. Like, I I, I don't it's even want to think so about it. Bad. I can get stuck in my head. Right. Yes. We're, so we're decidedly easily. not singing a lot of these. <laughs> Christmas shoes. Don't. If you think of that, like, that is, that is, like, so please, someone put a gun to someone's head when Christmas <laughs> shoes comes on. Anyway, the point is, there's plenty that can drive you mad. Uh-huh. Yeah, true. Uh, but I think that I think that we've come to our editorial position on how to handle it. Mm, that's true. Uh, you and I were talking mm. about it earlier, and I think I think that we've come to the best way to deal with it. Because look, we're all just out here surviving. It, or at least, I mean, plenty of you probably still love Christmas, and that's fine. You're you're going to be fine. Go with God. Just don't give to the Salvation Army. Yeah. This is that's our this is our yearly reminder. Do not, they're ringing the bell. They look sweet and nice. Don't give them any money. That's It's a church. It's a church and it's an anti-LGBTQ church to yeah. boot. Yeah. Fuck them. There's plenty of places to give. Uh, however, for those of you who, like me, find it a time of, of suffering, <laughs> uh, I think that the goal is to find a sense of humor about it. Mm. I think that the Which goal is to laugh. Are you there yet? Oh, I do it every year. Yeah? I, the absurdity of it, because here's the great thing about the United States. They're off the deep end. The, the, the Christians are not all right. Right. And they have to show everybody how not all right they are. And it <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> like they're, they're out there yelling at people for saying happy holidays, oh. which to me is like, the best motivation of all time to say happy holidays as much as possible. Oh, absolutely. Just hoping that someone gets mad about it. Because they clearly have the spirit of the season. Right. Yeah. To be right. so pissed off by somebody wishing them a generic happy holiday. Yeah. I am saying something nice to you and you're getting mad and that delights me. <laughs> the irony of your position just makes me so happy. But then there's also just like, like, driving around the neighborhoods mm. finding those houses that have gone batty yeah with the decorations all in oh my god not and and they can't leave a square inch no uncovered no right? like <laughs> for the, for those of you in the salt lake area try and make it up to 18th avenue 
Oh. The, oh, have you not seen this house? I, I don't. They're selling cocoa at this house. Shut up. It is top to bottom, front to back. It's not giant six foot inflatables or 20 foot inflatables. Those are out now. Yeah. It is a uh, little. It is everything's lit up, illuminated plastic snowmen and candy canes. I've seen this house. Is it kind of like a? It's got like white pillars. Yeah, yeah, house? yeah. Yeah, I know the house. I've seen that. Anyway, there's all these places to find. Your neighborhood has one somewhere, wherever you live. I don't know who it is. Ever since, ever since the fucking National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> That was supposed to be a joke. Right. And instead, everybody thinks, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, I love how that looks. I'm doing it. <laughs> they've, gone, they've, they've gone nutty. Also, a Christmas movie they probably shouldn't actually like. No! So why are they, like, emulating anything that's in it? Right, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> absurd. And if you can find your way, your path to appreciating the absurdity of, about all of it. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't about, like making fun of christians no that's not what this is about it's developing a taste for kitsch it is it is learning to appreciate the kitsch yeah it is learning to relish <laughs> how far they're willing to go uh-huh it, it, it is about seeking it out go yeah. look for it you yeah. know what i mean it's so bad yeah find the people that have the 24 foot inflatable Oh, Why? geez, that's huge. Oh, it's so big. Like three stories tall. It, like it, they cover your, like you can't go in your garage anymore because the entire house, the front of the house is covered Amazing. and they're doing pro projected things on their homes. Yeah. And you know, there is something nice. There are most areas have a place, you know, somebody that's, that's done really lovely light displays that maybe you even have to pay to drive through or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those can be nice. Yeah. A festival of lights is what's called for when things get dark. Absolutely. So find ways to appreciate that, uh, you know, and find, find the things that, that do harken back to the joys of childhood or whatever. Yeah. And there's nothing like the whole merriness of the thing, right? Yeah. Like there are events that are, happening the, the you know the that the you can go participate in yep i'm thinking specifically like you know those christmas markets and stuff oh, it's just sure. like people getting together selling their wares but the it's it's you know there's people out with their cocoa and all bundled up in the cold and everything and it's great you yeah know? Like those yeah those kind of things are, are are they're fun and they're civic and it's not jesus-y or or, or if it is, you can find ways to like not worry about it, not yeah. think about yeah, it. Yeah, sure. And yeah, maybe you're going to have to have some encounters with family who want to get jesus -y with you and want you to participate in the nativity or whatever. And I, you know, you're going to have to find, you're going to have to navigate that yourself. Only you know your relationship with your family. But if you can look around if you can enjoy just sort of the absurdity and the pageantry and the silliness of what's happening, you know, throw, throw yourself a party with just your friends, with mm -hmm. your other atheist friends mm -hmm. to counteract it. Yeah. Have an ugly sweater party. Have a, have yeah. a, you know, a silly uh, white elephant party or, you know, whatever that that's participates in the fun and, uh, and gets rid of all of the, the silly Jesus nonsense. Yeah. Or just, or, you know, go, go to the family thing and, you know, just 
drop some bomb about how have you noticed that the Matthew and Luke accounting of <laughs> of the Jesus nativity story don't match at all? Have you noticed that? It's really weird. They're totally different. They're it's like they're not even about the same kid. <laughs> and then just let them like stew on that for Stir a year. That pot. Stir it up a little bit. Yeah. Have some That's... fun with it. <laughs> Oh boy! Well, kids, you know, get out there and and, uh, and be merry, spread joy, spread spread some joy for you, spread joy to yourself. Yeah, because because uh, the kind of joy that they're out there spreading isn't isn't for us. So yeah. so find your joy. I think that's the key. Mm, that should be just normal advice. <laughs> just that should just be. We standard. we we did just go a little Brene Brown, didn't we? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I we, There's time before Christmas. So if you, listener, have a way that you deal with this uh, with this holiday season that you would like to share with, with, with your mm-hmm. fellow atheists, love to hear it. please send it in to us. Uh, the, it's podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call us and tell us about it. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page. Jingle all the way there and uh, click the like button, facebook.com slash Atheist. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so. Go to our website, though, thinkoutimatheist.com slash members only. Yeah, and there's links. Yeah. Thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all of you friends for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.